A year ago, the world changed completely. We really weren't sure what businesses were gonna thrive, or really, let's be honest, survive. So I wanted to know how entrepreneurs and organizations were positively pivoting their businesses in this unknown world. Now it's been a year and people are continuing to thrive and come up with unique ways to have their business and have their organization do the things that they used to, but just a little bit differently. Welcome to season two of Coping 19. They always say that being a parent is the hardest and most rewarding job you'll ever do. I think that rings true even more now during the pandemic. I hand it to all my friends and all the parents around the world that have been balancing jobs, careers, families, everything during a pandemic. It's been amazing to hear the resiliency in different stories through social media about parents working from home, guiding their children through virtual learning, doing everything, keeping the kids entertained, guiding the kids through this pandemic, which none of us have ever been through, and teaching the kids as well what they can and cannot do. You gotta remember, these are kids that used to go to dance classes, used to do sports, used to play with their friends. Now we have to have roles in place where it's like you can only see these set of people and sometimes you're not even allowed to see people outside of your family unit. So it just depends. Like the health guidelines, especially here in BC, are ever-changing. So it's gonna be confusing for children. And not just confusing for children, it's confusing for us too. This is something new that a lot of us, or let's face it, that any of us, None of us have been through something like this. So there's a lot of pressure going on for everyone during the pandemic. But I wanted to focus on this episode on parents because a lot of these parents have careers that they're also juggling. That's why I wanted to talk to my next guest, Pam Batty, who is a lawyer and mom, of three children and has a husband and she's doing it all during this pandemic like everybody. And I wanted to know what? has changed in her profession, in the law profession when it comes to COVID? How is she balancing her family plus her job? And how is she doing with everyone being at home with school, with work? It's a whole new world for all of us. And I wanted to see how she does it and just have a great conversation with her about what it's like being a parent during a pandemic. I have three kids. They are 10, 12, and 6. I have three dogs and I have a busy life. And a husband. <laughs> I do have a husband, yes. Um, he also factors into the busyness of my life. That's like another kid too. Well, just another thing to be responsible for, whether it's just making sure that he is, you know, feeling like he's a part of everything. I could easily make all the decisions and do all the work, but that's not really a partnership and that's not really a marriage. So you really kind of have to maintain that relationship even while you boss around your kids and your dog and everyone else. So it's a balancing act for sure. Sure. For sure. And I always like to know what makes people tick. And so what drew you to just the industry of law? Like what made you want to be part of that as a career? Well, this is a story that I sometimes will tell to students who come visit the courthouse where I work. It really began in childhood. I've known I've wanted to be a lawyer since I was in fourth grade. And I recognize that this is not normal. Most 10-year-olds don't have their career path sorted out by the fourth grade. However, I did. And one of the reasons that really stuck out to me then, and I still feel it now, is the world was a scary 
scary place to me. Strangers were scary. Things outside of my front door. These were things were scary to me. And I always felt like, well, if I know the law, which are the rules by which we all have to function, if I know the law, then nobody can mess with me and I can know how to protect myself and take care of myself because I know the rules. And that was really my immature you know, child mind thinking about how to make sense of the world, how to function in the world and how to be a part of it without feeling afraid all the time. But as I went on and as I grew, it still became what I wanted to do. I, maybe I just really like rules. I just admire that because I always admire people that knew at a very young age exactly what they wanted to do. Like I knew, I guess, that I wanted to do performance. I didn't realize like what type of performance, but for people that know exactly what they want to do and go into it and are continuing to do it later in their life, I think that's really neat. Well, it's it is it's neat. I realize it's also unusual. So I always caution people, like and especially young kids that I'm talking to, don't think if you haven't got it figured out by 10, 12, 15, 20, 25, that somehow life is passing you by. We're all going to come to that decision in and of ourselves. But for me, I just really, I enjoy the law. Maybe I enjoy arguing. You know, there's just too much about it that I, that fits me so well that I think I just, maybe for that brief moment in time, figured out something about myself at a young age. I knew my job would involve talking. So I thought maybe about being a lawyer at one point, but I did not go down that path. But that is still one career that I was like, if I had to do it again, I would probably go into law. Well, we definitely love to talk. Lawyers particularly love to hear each, you know themselves talk. And if I'm not the one talking in court, I do find myself getting a little bit bored, a little bit distracted. So certainly I think a lot of my colleagues might feel the same way as if we're the ones talking, we're the happiest. And just because I always like to just ask people this in any different type career because obviously COVID has changed things a little bit, not changed a lot too much. Um, I feel like it's somewhat the same, except some of you guys do work from home, depending on what type of law you do. But for kids that are maybe in school right now, and obviously it's different for them because they are maybe doing their law school through Zoom opposed to in person. What are some just advice for kids like kind of maybe trying this new landscape a little bit once they get out into COVID or thinking about getting into law in this kind of new world that we're all going through? Well, I think even though we've had to shift how we do this type of work where we it used to be really challenging to try to make telephone appearances or remote appearances or have uh, witnesses appear by uh, video or some sort of teleconferencing, that wasn't even anything we could consider. But it's kind of forced the justice system and the court system to really step up and join the 20th century as far as technology is concerned. But beyond that, beyond having greater availability and flexibility in in how we do the job, the job is essentially the same. My work is still a lot about helping people, talking to people and interacting with others and applying the law to situations in in a way that at least I try to do, is help people. And so that part has not changed. And if anyone's considering going into the law, what I would say to them is it's a lot less about what's on the books and a lot more about how to make the law work for our society, how to make those rules function in a way that is just, that promotes peacefulness in our society and things like that. So if you can kind of handle the idea that it's not just about, oh, I'm going to dig through these old dusty law books and find the case or the little bit of argument that's going to push it over the edge, that's a huge part of it. And that's fun. But that's not the only part of what I do. And as long as you're in for that whole package, it's definitely something I think somebody should continue to pursue, even though how we do that job sometimes is a bit different than it used to be. Yeah, I think COVID has actually come up with a lot of positives. Like you said, there's many industries now that have adapted to technology that I never thought would. Um, Even I know back, they're all back in the office now, but I know 
back when COVID first hit, a lot of on-air announcers actually had USB microphones, kind of like what I'm doing right now in my podcast makeshift studio in my basement, but they would be broadcasting from home. And I know years ago, no one would have ever wrapped their head around that or any program director. They would have been like, what do you mean? You can't work from home. You have to work from the studio. So I just think right. it's cool that we have different ways of adapting to different technologies when we need to. Oh, absolutely. And and what it really showed us is that when the, when the motivation is there, you can really adapt quickly. Like we were a very paper heavy practice area. Uh, I practiced criminal law. It's a lot of paper. Everything was paper files or paper. You'd print out documents. Everything was printed. And we really had to shift away from that because people are not having printers at home. No one wants to do mass printing, you know, 500 pages of printing a day from their home computer. And then even if, you know, one of my assistants had printed it, some material, how are they going to get it to me? We don't, we're not in the same space. So we really had to adapt to it to an electronic-based document system. And there was a lot of growing pains with that over the last year for us. But we've really been able to adapt to it. And it's in so many ways much more efficient for us because you're not duplicating material. Things aren't getting lost. They're there in the electronic file. You can find them. You can share it with others. And it just makes that whole business of doing our work easier, in fact. And so not that I would suggest the pandemic was a, a good thing for us. It certainly has allowed us to open ourselves up to different ways of doing things and finding efficiencies where we maybe weren't looking before. Yeah, I just like hearing the positive solutions that come of obviously we don't want to ever go through a pandemic again. But so I think that's a great thing. And and because of course, the environment is a, a big deal even before COVID. I think this is great because I'm hearing not just the law industry, many different types of government agencies and other businesses uh, reducing the amount of paper they use. So I think that's just uh, all around positive. Well, and it makes me feel better, certainly being someone who's been caring about the environment my whole life. I've always lamented the massive amount of paper that we print. And you know, if I wanted to present some case law to the court, often these cases are extremely long and you we want to print them one-sided so it's easy for the court to read and follow along. Sometimes when things are double-sided, it's harder to read them. So you're trying to save paper, but you don't want to make it harder for the court to access the materials. And so you're printing these thick case books. And many of the cases, the court may already be familiar with the with that case and don't actually need to read it. You're really printing something that isn't even that useful, even though you want to refer to it, you want the court to know you're referring to it, and you should provide a copy. It uh, feels wasteful. But to be able to do that electronically now and just uh, give the court electronic copies of cases that you might be looking at or that you want them to look at. All of that has been made so much easier and it feels better to know that even if this case is going to be ignored, it was just an electronic file and it's okay. I didn't waste any paper, kill any trees in that endeavor. So going back to, I can't believe it's been a year since they've called it a pandemic. Obviously, we were all working up to that that point. Uh, Like you mentioned at the beginning, you have children as well. So when everybody, including your husband, I know he works from home anyways beforehand, but when everything kind of came to a halt, you now have to work from home. Your kids are at home. Your husband's at home. What was going through your head at first when this was going on? Like, how am I going to do this all? Or just like, oh, there's too many people at home? Or Well, we had the the extraordinary luck in our particular house to have taken off spring break last year. And so when the sort of pandemic lockdown happened, I was already on holidays. And so there was a lot of chaos going on in in my office space, but I wasn't there for any 
of that. I didn't have cases that I needed to make sure got adjourned or that we couldn't attend the courthouse for anymore, nothing like that. So it was actually very peaceful, that little transition. And by the time my two weeks of spring break were up, we had worked out everyone was going to come and take their computer equipment home and work from home. They had given us some access through some secure networks to some of our you know, secure documents. Lots of privacy is a big issue within the law. So you want to make sure you're protecting people's private information and you're not dealing with it carelessly or making it accessible to others, but they had worked all that stuff out. And so it, um, when I went back to work, while it was really different, it actually felt, it felt okay because I didn't have to be a part of the scramble. I could just sort of ease back into it. And because a lot of stuff wasn't, a lot of court-based things weren't happening at the time, it was just a, whatever we could manage through emails or through phone calls. Um, I found my caseload a little bit lighter and it helped to manage my life to not have a very, very busy workload at that moment. For sure. I can imagine because I know for me when the pandemic hit, it's just me in my in my space. But I can't imagine people that, you know, the two people are working and then they have kids and, and then also remote learning is different for a lot of people too. So trying to just figure all that out. So it's good that you guys kind of got to ease into um, the yeah, whole new world. Certainly was a little tougher. And then the kids didn't go back to school. So that was a little bit chaotic, trying to work and having this sort of free-for-all going on outside of my door. Uh, we had to develop a bit of a system. You know, if the door is closed and there's a note on it, you're not to come in, you're not to knock. You know, that means that mom's on the phone or mom's talking to court and you guys can't come in. And But really what the, the greatest loss for us was that loss of structure that we had in our lives. You know, everybody left for work, everyone left for school, everyone was back at a certain time. And it imposed this kind of structure in your life that while sometimes can be inflexible, also provided a little bit of comfort. And to not have that structure anymore, you did feel a little bit rudderless in in life for uh, many months, for sure. I agree. I didn't realize this till like I went through a career transition last year. And I was talking to my friend when I just got a little bit of extra freelance work, and I had to be somewhere at a certain time. And I said, I felt so good. And she said, well, people are creatures of habit. And she said, we all have to have a purpose. And she said, that's when people are most happiest. And I never even thought of it that way. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, I could see that in my own kids, their loss of their structured activities, well, maybe they maybe felt like they were too busy at, at times. Overall, being that busy and having that amount of structure really gave them a sense of purpose, gave them something to look forward to, uh, and certainly um, helped anchor kind of time for them. And when you don't really have an anchor for your time, it's hard to figure out even bedtimes and wake up times because that was all very flexible. They didn't have to go to school. So who cares when they woke up or who cares when they went to bed. And it it actually wore on them, I think, uh, mentally to the point where I started imposing structure on them just for the sake of having that, saying this is our wake up time, this is our bedtime, these are the things you're going to do in the morning, just to give them some level of normalcy where they can say, okay, we know what we're going to be doing now. You know, From this time to this time, we're going to do a bit of tidying up and then we're going to have to do some reading and mom wants us to play outside. And so we kind of had to create the structure that they used to have. And that was a challenge in and of itself because I'm, I'm no teacher. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of us struggled with that. <laughs> I heard a lot of my friends being like, this is not easy. <laughs> now that we're into a year, I know the kids are back in school, but still everything's not back to normal. Like obviously you can't really just go see your friends or do a lot of different things that you normally do. I, I know that no. there are some sports, but there's not really a lot of extracurricular activities. So as a mom, are you doing a lot of the same things, kind of just implementing different structure, like playtime outside to kind of keep the kids engaged, I guess, and, and not bored? <laughs> Yes, we're really seeing it now 
more than more so than before now the weather's getting a little nicer i think we tend to be a bit more sedentary over the winter but now as we sort of move into spring i can see my kids looking for that okay where's our spring rugby league where's this or where's that going on and so we are now having to recreate some of that through activities that we can participate with them we're talking about doing some hikes that now that the weather's cleared up and then my husband's just started trying to bike and so we're talking about doing some biking together so that we can have an activity that is is not based around watching movies. <laughs> which is what we did all winter. <laughs> well, that's going to be the challenge because I think about that now. It's like, yeah, they're going to school, but a lot of these kids just had a lot of different activities. Like you said, sometimes maybe it could be too much, but there were so many other things to life. And now it's still like we're in this like weird gray area where it's like you can see a bit of people outside, but a lot of stuff that we do is still not there. So it's, I hand it to you guys as parents of like trying to, you know, really put your thinking caps on and, and think of like, how are we going to make sure the kids are getting enough outdoor time or not just watching seven hours of Netflix? Well, I'm sort of taking a page out of my own mother's book where we would just basically be thrown out of the house and told not to come back till it was the next meal time. So you get it kicked out at, you know, after breakfast and my mom would say, okay, fine, come back if you're hungry at lunch, otherwise I'll call you for dinner. And sometimes we came back for lunch and sometimes I didn't and made it back in time for some snacks or dinner. So I'm trying to sort of implement that free range thinking with my kids as well to sort of say, hey, like, get out there, figure out what you're going to do. I'm not going to be the one that plans out your life minute by minute, because as much as they may want that, I don't think that benefits them. I think they're better off to really be able to think about for themselves, how can I fill my time? How, what, what is it that I want to do? Instead of mindlessly, you know, playing a video game or playing on their computers or, or watching YouTube or TV, to really think about what can you do with your time? And that's, that's our challenge right now is getting them to think about that a little bit more. And it's, there's growing pains there for sure. They don't really want us to make them think. I think that's great though. I think that's the one thing that like my parents are the same way, like leave the house. I live near a park. Don't come back. And I, I think that's one thing that I, I do see that came out of COVID that is a positive is the fact that we're kind of going back to that, do I say older style of parenting where it was like, you know, we didn't have the technologies or even our parents didn't have the technology when they're growing up. So it's like you really had to think of things that you could do on your own and really come up with your use your imagination and be creative and, and I like to see that a lot of kids are doing that now and, and not relying on just the computer to um, keep them entertained or their cell phone yeah we've got to we've had to set some screen time limits for sure I mean it's pretty it's pretty loose because of sometimes a phone or a computer is the only way that they are talking to friends but we especially now that things are getting a little nicer out these kids these guys are going for bike rides they're going for hikes they're playing pickup hockey in the parking lot and things like that, which they're mostly arranging themselves. So it's it's been really good, uh, I think, for them to be able to feel like they're empowered to make their own activities and pick the things that they like to do, and also that they can do that. I think that's the part that is most mind-blowing for them is that, oh, we actually are capable of entertaining ourselves and making our own fun, and we don't need to rely on this other stuff or rely on mom and dad to tell us what to do. So great. And uh, I was reading an article, actually, about parenting during the pandemic. And they were saying that across the board, most people that um, have families, have jobs, they're suffering a lot of burnout. Do you ever find that you have burnout? And is there anything that you do to kind of make it a little bit better? Oh, absolutely. I mean, burnout is a very, very real thing. And there are there's whole lots of days where I've just looked at my husband and gone, I'm done. I'm done with all of this right now. And and my solution really is just to go find a quiet corner, close my door and be alone. <laughs> 
but that's one way to do it. I take my dogs for walks. That is a real sanity saver for me just to get out into the fresh air. We live in a, in a beautiful area over by uh, the water so we can see a lot of beautiful things, trees and whatnot when we go for walks in our area. So it's very rejuvenating in that sense. And this is maybe particular to me and I certainly wouldn't say this is for everybody, but I get a lot of peace from um, order in my life. I'm sure you're shocked to hear that knowing wh- what I've said so far, but uh, often I'll just kick all of them out of the house and I will just do something in my house, whether it's wash the floors or do some laundry. And it sounds terribly domestic, but I get a lot of joy out of order and cleanliness. And so that's one of the things that I will do where it says, I just want you guys to go. I don't want to see you, but I want to focus my time on just making my spaces clean so that I feel like there's order in my environment, there's order in my life. And I think that I wouldn't say that that's everyone's solution, but I certainly would say you have to find that thing that you know brings you peace and you have to go to that space on a regular basis to keep your sanity. (laughs) I totally agree with you. I like to just clean sometimes because it just, it relaxes you in like a weird way. I think it's just you're focused on something that is completely different from work. Yes. It's like when you reorganize something, suddenly it's beautiful, it's clean, it's tidy. You have a sense of accomplishment. You have used your time, you've used your energy and that always helps. Sometimes we're too sedentary in uh, working from home. I find I don't walk around as much as I used to, you know, where I might walk, you know, three or four times back and forth across my office. I don't have that here. I'm working out of the corner of my bedroom. I don't really have that far to go in my little home. So I'm not getting as much movement as I used to. But when I take time to do some cleaning or go for a walk, I think I, I get that energy burn that I need that just helps the whole the rest of the day go better. Kind of wrapping everything up, do you have any advice for maybe any, and this could be men or women, because I know that there's many different uh, family models out there right now, especially during the pandemic, and maybe people that are just feeling a little bit of stress between work and, and raising a, a family during this. Any words of wisdom you could give anybody? Well, recognizing that I have a fair bit of privilege in my situation, I I have a very secure job and some flexibility within my day. Recognizing some of that, I use my day differently. There's lots of times where I will, you know, if my kids are home, it's a pro day or something like that. My kids are home, I'll take my lunch hour and we'll bake something or we'll cook something together. I'll just spend a little bit of time with them because I think that helps them feel connected without it being a huge big deal. Like I find they tend to melt down and they start to cry. I haven't had any time to spend with you or I haven't cuddled with you. This is my six-year-old. She's very good at this. And so what I would say as far as managing this workload and dealing with all of this is the first thing to remember is you're good enough. Whatever you're doing is fine. You know, whatever you can manage, whatever you're doing, whether you, you know, are able to, I don't know, clean your house from top to bottom once a week, that would be a miracle. That doesn't happen for me. But for other people, if they can do it, that's amazing. Whatever you can do, whatever you can manage is fine. There's a great deal of resiliency in human beings, particularly children. So they're going to be okay. As long as you feel okay, they're going to be okay. You don't have to be perfect, but as long as you don't let that stress overwhelm you and you find ways to de-stress, you can certainly enjoy parts of what we're dealing with here. And the rest of it just, you know, nose above water, I guess. We'll make it. We're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. I love it. I just love the creativity that people have come up with during the pandemic and the fact that a lot of families have been getting a lot closer to each other because they've had that time together. And I think that's really beautiful. Oh, absolutely. It's um, It can be frustrating. As I said to another friend earlier, we spent such a great deal of time with family. So we get kind of that quantity of time, but making that time meaningful is becoming more and more challenging because you're just so sick of looking at everybody. How do you get excited to see the same per- people or person 
person over and over and over again um, every minute of every day. It gets very hard, even if you love them, even if they're wonderful. And so being able to take a break from people, which is why like, I go for walks or I encourage my kids to head out because you get an opportunity to miss people. You get an opportunity to not always be around the same people. And then when you do get back together, it's almost like you're refreshed and you appreciate that opportunity. And you can get more creative about how you're going to spend your time together because you don't have that sense of, gosh, all we do is spend our time together. Why does it have to, why do we have to try hard to make it special? And when you can get out of that thinking, you can really come up with some great ideas. You do need a healthy balance. I know some of my girlfriends are on mat leave and obviously didn't plan a pandemic during mat leave. Um, So for them, it's hard because they're like, that's the time that people should be coming to see the baby and you can't do that. So they feel very um, isolated, which they probably wouldn't have without the pandemic. So it's just like, it is nice to see people. Absolutely. I mean, I made some time to go for a walk with a colleague um, today and I hadn't seen him in more than a year oh, wow. at this point. And so it was just nice. And and this is a guy whose office is right next to mine within my office space in my regular work environment. And so you don't realize how much you get used to seeing people and how much they actually add to your life. And I, and I mentioned this to another person. I, I thought I liked practicing law, which I do. But what I think I really liked was the people that I saw and the interactions that I had and the enrichment that brought to my life. And when they, that was taken away, that was a bit, there was a bit of mourning that came with that, where you realize I, I miss the people that I work with. I miss being able to pop into someone's office and bounce ideas off of them. But one of my cases uh, or to hear about what they're up to and learn something from what they are doing and just overall enrich my working experience that way. When that was taken away, it, it took some effort to figure out how to bring that back. And so, I mean, you're using things like Zoom, um, you're going for these socially distanced walks and things like that. But I think that when all of this is over uh, and we are back to what we can call a normal, I don't think it's going to be the same as it was. I think there'll be a real new normal that comes with people having more balance in their lives, working from home a little bit, but still going into the office, still having that connection with your coworkers, which adds a whole level of enrichment to the work that you do. And I think makes us do better work than we do when we're in isolation. Yeah. Or when we're at home with other other distractions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's the one thing that I miss is just, I, I'm obviously a social person, but it's, it's hard. It's missing that interaction at work with other people because it, it, it just makes it feel real. And, and you need like, you need balance. Like we said before in your life, it's like, you need to be able to spend time with your family, but then you also need to be able to spend time with your coworkers because I really truly believe the more balance you have in all kind of sectors of your life, it, it just makes you better in everything you do. Oh, I would agree with that completely. Like we, and, and I always use that word balance a fair bit in this conversation, but there, it's not just a buzzword and we're not sort of being um, edgy with it. It's, it's really about making sure that you are not just taking care of others, you're taking care of yourself and that the work that you're doing isn't in isolation all by ourselves. We can't accomplish as much as we can when we're together. And when you lose that teamwork that you have so easily had in the past, you're really struggling to fill it back in again. And so I think recognizing the value of that is really going to shape how we do business going forward, even, you know, even through this pandemic or in preparation for other issues that may come up in society, whether there's another pandemic or, you know, something else that makes us all have to stay home again. I think we will have learned the value of that connection and we will be in a better place to make sure that we are keeping those connections or maintaining those connections so that we can continue to do good work and hopefully help people, which is what I always aim to do in my work. Yeah, and just not putting our all into one section because like that's another article that I read is the fact that they said people work more 
working from home now. So again, it's trying to figure out like, how much time do I allow for work? How much time do I allow for the other parts of my life? Because I'm guilty of that. I I freelance, so it's a little bit different for me. But I'm like, if I have nothing to do, I'm, I'm working at nighttime because I want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're bored. Or for me, it's like, well, I would not normally bring work home because I find that I ignored it. Like if I brought a file home or I brought work home, I would not uh, do that work at home because I would shift from work work mindset to home mindset. But now there's no break in that. You know, work and home are the same place. So I don't know how to stop doing one and start doing the other. So I feel like I'm doing them both at the same time all the time. You know, I may be focusing on working on a file, but from one corner of my ear, I'm listening to my children argue or I can hear them, you know, rustling around in the pantry or in the kitchen looking for food. And I look at the clock going, oh, it's almost lunch. I should go down and try to see about lunch. And so I find that I'm not always making that break. And closing the door is is my other trick to just sort of dealing with making a separation between my home life and my work life is to just shut the door and say, whatever's going on on the other side of that door is those people's problem. And I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing here so that I can create that separation. Otherwise, it's like you're working two jobs simultaneously and it is exhausting. Agreed. Uh, one more thing. What is something that you've learned about yourself during this pandemic? I actually really like being home. <laughs> I'm surprised to know that about myself. I feel like I I previously would have characterized myself as a real traveler, as a person who loves going out, but I have actually really valued the extra time that I've had to do some self-reflection, to be in my space. And I don't know if this is impacting other people the same way it is me, but I feel like all of us are just kind of getting really used to being home a lot. And I think it may be a tough shift for us to start, you know, putting on going out pants <laughs> and heading out the door. It is hard. Well, I actually just read, uh, there was a news uh, story on the other day. And again, I, I'm not it's a serious topic that they were talking about. But uh, they said, how do we deal with re-entry anxiety and I was like oh like I it just because we're now getting vaccinated it's just something also too that I haven't thought about is like re-entry into the world and I'm like yeah where we're getting up and going to work every day I mean at this point my office is open and and I can go there but there's a limit on the number of people who can be in the building at one time so they're really encouraging us to work from home as much as possible but I will occasionally go to the office and it feels like a really big to-do oh gosh I've got to go to the office let me put on work appropriate clothing I have to leave the house at a certain time so I can get to work on time and I really find that I think about my day remarkably differently if I'm going into the office versus working from home um, there's a number of times where I will use my uh, lunch break to do things like grab a shower, which, of course, if I was going to work that day, I would do in the morning before I left. So losing that flexibility is is challenging. There's a real risk for a lot of us. We're real, we've gotten kind of comfortable doing business in our lounge pants and to have to put on work pants again. I don't know how that's going to affect our productivity. We might feel a little resentful. Yeah, well, I was talking to my landlord the other day while I was doing laundry and I said, oh, I leave my laundry the last minute now. And she said, yeah, well, it's hard because you're only washing the same clothes over and over again. I was like, it's so true. I'm just washing my Lululemons like 12 times. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, no, all the leggings are in the wash. I better do the laundry. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, thank you so much. This is a great conversation. I really appreciate taking uh, your time to talk to me today. Oh, Jennifer, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate sharing some of my thoughts with you. And I know it's it's challenging and everyone's experiences are going to be different. But I think in the end, if you can just take what you can get, if you have the luxury of having a job right now and, and being able to keep busy, then you get to think of higher things such as, you know, personal time and what do we spend our time with and how are we 
you know, taking care of our relationships. It really has afforded us an opportunity to do some reflection. And I think that is a definitely a positive takeaway, if you can, out of the uh, pandemic slowdown. I totally agree with you. Thank you again. You're welcome. Take care, Jen. That was another episode of Coping 19. For more information about the show, head on over to podcastconsulting.ca where the show lives. And of course, you can find us on Spotify through that website, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. If you want more information on how to create your own podcast or a podcast for your business to get more brand exposure, all that information is on the website podcastconsulting.ca. Or maybe you want to be a guest on season two of Coping 19. Feel free to head on over to the site and contact me, Jennifer Lee, Looking forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now.